VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Hey everybody, welcome to the Lazy Genius Podcast. I'm Kendra Adachi, and I am here to help you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Today is episode 183, The Lazy Genius Guide to Spices. I get asked about spices so often, so we're gonna tackle all the essential things in this episode. Spices are pretty important in cooking, obviously, so I just wanna demystify a few things, it's a hard word, and um, also run through what could be in your own like spice cabinet, okay? So today, we are gonna talk about what spices are good for, what you should have, how to use them, how to store them, and then a couple of like final tips. So first, we're talking herbs and spices. What are they good for? Three main things, flavor, color, and variety. Flavor makes sense, right? The stuff in your spice cabinet makes food taste a certain way, which definitely comes in handy when you're cooking. The second one is color. And I think this one gets overlooked, but it is super important. We all know or have heard at least that we eat with our eyes too. And a lot of the vibrant color that you might get in certain foods, it comes from spices like chili powder or turmeric. Also, those little flecks of oregano in a red spaghetti sauce, it has the tiniest bit of color contrast that's just kind of pleasing to the eye too. Unless you're my kids and then you think that like flecks of anything are essentially my attempts at destroying all that is good in this world, but that's okay. And then the third thing that herbs and spices are good for is variety as in adding variety to the same ingredient. Okay, so a piece of chicken that is seasoned with cumin and coriander is very different from a piece of chicken seasoned with fennel seed and black pepper. You could cook the chicken in the exact same way, but changing out those spices, it adds so much variety, right? So that's the basics of like what spices are good for. No big surprises there. All right, so second, what spices should you have? All right. I think this is probably where you're expecting to get a list, right? I'm not going to give you one. (laughs) Sorry. Actually not, but let me tell you why. You like different things than I do. Like you and your people enjoy different flavors than the people who live next door to you. So it's really important that you choose your own essential spices. It's only essential if you use it. We've learned that with kitchen tools and ingredients and all kinds of things. It doesn't matter if someone else says something is essential. It's only worth storing it if you're going to use it, which is why it's good to make your own list. Okay, now I will tell you how to do that or how you could do that. I want you to think about the cuisines that you like to eat. Okay, if you cook a lot of Mexican food or Indian food or Chinese food or Italian food, 
you need certain herbs and spices to like adequately capture the flavor you're going for. So if there is a cuisine that you just like don't do very much, don't store spices for that cuisine. At least not like the full the full spectrum, right? You don't need every single kind of chili powder if you barely use one. So here's what I would recommend. There is a link in the show notes from a um like a spice blog or whatever. It is a resource that has spices listed by cuisine. Okay. What I would encourage you to do is to scroll that and note what kinds of cuisines that you enjoy cooking and see what spices are good to have on hand for that. So it could be that you have what you need for what you already cook, and then you can just let go of the pressure that you feel to have more than you have. It could also be that you learn something like you've always wanted to cook Chinese food, but you can't figure out why your stir fry just tastes like soy sauce. And maybe it's because you've never gotten Chinese five spice, which is pivotal. It's like the main spice blend used for Chinese flavors, but you don't have it. And so your food's not going to taste like what you think. So this resource, I feel like could be really helpful to name what you need based on what you already cook and enjoy eating. So again, that link is going to be in the show notes. So for example, for my family, we go pretty hard for Indian food. So I have all of those spices. I've got cardamom, allspice, coriander, paprika, cumin, turmeric, all of it. Sometimes, you guys, hold fast. I even toast and grind my own seeds. Sometimes. But that's because we love Indian food and make it a lot. And the flavor of that matters, right? Now, half the cuisines on the list that I just mentioned, I never make them. And I probably won't for a long while. So there's no need for me to have most of those spices around. Like Thai food, for example, I personally really love Thai food, but peanuts are so integral to Thai cooking and my son is allergic. So we just like, we just don't cook Thai food. So I don't need to have lemongrass around, you know? So you choose what is essential to you. If you use it, it is essential. If you don't, it is clutter. Next up, how to use herbs and spices. Um, one thing that I feel like doesn't get talked about enough is that herbs and spices really need fat to make the biggest difference in your dish. If you put a handful of dried oregano into a pan of tomato sauce, like just straight into the tomatoes, it'll make the sauce taste like oregano for sure. That's great. But if you put it into the olive oil, along with the garlic and the red pepper flake before you add the tomatoes, it's different. You create a depth of flavor that kind of permeates the entire sauce, you know, saucepan. Fat is a flavor distributor. It brings everything to life. So I want you to think about how you can add herbs and spices to recipes directly into the fat. That alone is like the most game-changing tip when it comes to herbs and spices. Another question that comes up a lot in how you use herbs and spices is fresh versus dried. Okay, so fresh leafy herbs like basil, parsley, that kind of thing, versus their dried counterparts. Um, or you could think about it like fresh whole spices like whole cumin seeds or cardamom pods or peppercorns as opposed to spices that have already been ground, okay? Thinking about that fresh versus dry. Here's what you need to know about that. Fresh, fresh always has a better flavor than dried. I think like always. Freshly ground cumin seeds 
tastes better than what comes ground straight out of the jar. Adding fresh basil to a tomato sauce as opposed to dried basil is a different ballgame, right? But does that mean that the dried or ground version is worse and you should never do it? Not even close. I use cumin and spices out of the jar 95% of the time. Occasionally, I will toast and grind my own when I really want the flavor to feel special or have the time or whatever. But that doesn't mean that the alternative isn't special. It's still delicious. It's still great. So here is your permission to use whatever you have and whatever makes you get into the kitchen with confidence. I think that's the key. If cooking with fresh basil brings you joy because it's so pretty, it's... um you know, you like, it's like fresh and vibrant and you like chopping it or whatever, then you use fresh basil. If cooking with dried basil brings you joy because it's easy to open a jar and be done with it, then use dried basil. Name what matters about how you cook before making big judgments or decisions on fresh versus dried herbs and spices, like all the time, always. Like I'm only always going to use fresh. I'm only always going to use dry. Name what matters about it. You can do that about spices too. This episode is sponsored by Squarespace. I don't know if you've checked out my website lately, but she just got an upgrade and we did it with Squarespace. With Squarespace, it is so easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. My team recently updated our Squarespace site to use Fluid Engine, a next generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag and drop technology for desktop or mobile. It's seriously so cool. It's mobile layout display. It lets us see what people see on their own mobile devices as we make edits and updates. And 78% of you visit the site on your mobile device. So making sure what you see looks and performs the way it's meant to matters to me. If you want to build a new website, try out Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash lazy genius to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Rosetta Stone. Last year, Kaz and I went to Italy and holy moly, what a trip. The museums, the food, the culture. At least once a week, I still think about the gelato. One thing that would have been nice, though, is to know actual Italian. We used translation apps and we made it work, but I love that I can start learning new languages for future trips now with Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with 25 languages to choose from. I can learn on the go with downloadable offline lessons in the app or at my desktop. My favorite feature, though, is True accent, which gives me feedback on how well I'm pronouncing words as I'm learning them. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Lazy Genius podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com genius. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com genius today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've been lazy geniusing things for a lot of years now, but one thing that's at the root of almost every challenge we solve is a desire for more time. We want to get out the door in the morning, get dinner on the table, get all of our tasks done quickly so we have more time. The question is, time for what? The best way to add more time into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. For me, therapy helped me uncover what matters to me, the things I want to spend my time on so I can feel like myself more often. If you're thinking of starting therapy, 
give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TheLazyGenius today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TheLazyGenius. This episode is sponsored by Pros. I started using Pros because of a podcast ad over three years ago, and my hair has never been happier. Your hair and skin can sway your mood, they can impact your days in ways that you cannot underestimate. That's why Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. I love my Made for Kinder shampoo and conditioner formulas more than any other products I've ever tried on my hair. With Pros, it's easier to care for my hair and feel confident in how it looks daily. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash lazy genius. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash lazy genius. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash lazy genius. Now, if you're using dried uh, herbs when fresh is called for or the other way around, um, and this is just for herbs, not spices, so like for the green things, your general ratio is three to one, okay? Three parts fresh for one part dried because the dried is just stronger. So one, and it's smaller if you think about it. Like if you cram fresh basil into a tablespoon measure, and then you do a tablespoon of dried basil. It's like not, it's not even the same. So it's three to one. Um, so that would mean one tablespoon of fresh basil equals one teaspoon of dried basil, since there are three teaspoons in one tablespoon. Three to one. Now, if you toast and grind your own spices, like I just said, the amounts stay the same, right? As if you're just spooning it out from like a jar. Um, you just get a bigger punch of flavor. So there's no ratio for the spices there is for the herbs. Okay, next up, how to store them. All right, there are a couple of rules here and then you get to decide from there. So first, they need to be airtight to get their longest life. Really, you guys, just keeping spices in their jars is your best bet in most cases because they're already packaged in a way that prolongs their life as much as possible. Sometimes it feels sometimes it feels like you should have some beautiful bespoke spice container and a wooden mortar and pestle on your counter to be a real cook or for it to count. But you don't. Like you don't. Spice jars can be mismatched and in a drawer or a cabinet and be as good and helpful as anything else. So just keep them airtight. Really, their jars that they come in are great for that. Now, a couple of other storage thoughts for you, because the biggest rule here is access. You have to have access to your spices. You want to be able to find what you need when you need it and see what you need when you need to see it. So many of us have double and even triples of spices because we can't find the one we already have. So a couple of things to think about for this. Wherever your spices are stored, try and make it so that you can see them all and what they are at about the same time, like at a glance, right? So Let's say you have um, all your spices on like a Lazy Susan spinning in a cabinet. You know, you spin them and see them. Um, So you can see the ones on the outside as you spin, but you can't see the ones on the inside of the circle. 
right? So they get lost. Um, you need to make them so they're not lost. You need to see everything. Maybe you have them, uh, your spices, like in a drawer, like I do, um, like a pull-out drawer. And so they're, um, they're like sitting on their butts. They're not labeled up. They're not laying on their sides. They're just like, you know, stacked like you'd buy them in the store. Um, so you open the drawer, but you have to pick each one up to know what it is, which can drive a human crazy pants. So for that, for access for that, you can write on the cap with a Sharpie what the spice is so that you can see what it is at a glance. Um, another great kind of at a glance idea is to use a clear shoe organizer, like one of those little pocket things over the back of a pantry door. If you have a pantry so that you can see all your spices at once and see the label. See, that's the thing. That's the rule here. You want to be able to see what you have at a glance so you can find what you need easily and then not buy something that you already have or think that you don't have it because you can't find it. So within that system, you can organize by cuisine, like we talked about, alphabetically, not at all, you know, like it doesn't really matter how they're organized in that way. It just needs to be what serves you well within the rule of you need to be able to see what it is without picking everything up at the same time. And then just a couple of final tips before we go that don't really fit in any of those categories. I think that it is better to spend more per ounce on a smaller jar of like a lesser used spice than it is to spend more money and get a better deal, but also have to store a larger jar of spices that's probably going to go old before you use them all. We are trained and I think helpfully so in a lot of ways, to check the cost per ounce of something. That's why we love Costco, you guys. Everything is so cheap per ounce or per unit compared to other stores. But also, now you have to store a five-gallon jug of oil that was 20 cents an ounce instead of 24 cents an ounce for something that actually fits in your cabinet, right? Sometimes it's better to spend less money on like a smaller item that is not as good of a deal, right? It's more money per ounce, but it's less money and it takes up less space than to spend your money on a big one and get a good deal. I think that's just the lesson we need to remember because you're not really saving money if you're spending more on something cheaper, you know, quote unquote cheaper, and then throwing it away or forgetting it's there because it's too big to fit with all the other things that go with it, right? So maybe... Spend more per ounce on a smaller jar of something that you're not going to use as much. And then one final tip. When when you are making a recipe that calls for an herb or a spice that you do not have, just Google a substitution for that thing and see if there is one. It could be that you could use something different or even just leave it out. Um, I think this is true in my Change Your Life shawarma recipe. There is a spectrum of spices that you could use to make this recipe work. And some of them you shouldn't leave out, like cumin you shouldn't leave out, but others you can, like allspice. So notice maybe how much of the spice is called for in the recipe you're cooking and see if you have something that could be a stand-in. This is when Google is your friend, you guys, because you're asking it something specific. You don't always have to buy the new spice to get the recipe to work well is what I'm saying. Salt and fat do wonders for a recipe. That's really where everything happens. The spices are fine if you fudge it a little. So just kind of feel free to do that if you need to, rather than filling your drawers and cabinets with things that you don't really need. And that's it, man. That's the Lazy Genius Guide to Spices. You had to know I would not give you a list of spices because that just rarely is a thing universally 
across different kitchens that there's one list that works for everybody. It just doesn't work that way. I want you instead to have the tools to to use and store the spices that you have and understand what you need to cook the meals you like to eat rather than just like giving you an arbitrary list of 25 spices you have to go buy. That's lame. Let's not do that. So think about your own kitchen, your own essential kitchen, and what you need for it, what you use in it. And I think it's just going to be a lot easier for you. You don't have to store the entire spice aisle to be a real cook, you know? Just keep what you need. Thanks so much for being here. And until next time, be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. I'm Kendra. I'll see you next week. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy.